Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Time to get started here with the remainder of the Pacific Division for our young players' seasons in review. Let's get started with the good old Sacramento Kings. Well, I guess they're more old than good, but still, uh, 25 <laughs> and 53, 2 and 5 since the last 15 and 60, including that win on Sunday against the Lakers, 29th in net rating at negative 8.1 points per 100 possessions, then 29th in offense, 28th in defense, and and the current 538 projections give them 26 wins after the one yesterday, which would put them with the sixth most ping pong balls if that held. Yeah, and considering that net rating, they have been such a lucky team this year. It's something that we've discussed so often. But maybe old is not necessarily the way to characterize them because they have just so many of these young guys. And we noted, I think it was that they had eight guys at the start of the season on rookie contracts. One of them, Harry Giles, didn't play it all this year, so we won't spend any time uh, on him but let's start with the the most heralded of those players De'Aaron Fox who is 20 when we say these ages it's their ages as of February 1st this year their age 20 season uh as according to basketball reference which makes things a, a little easier to remember uh, what are your initial impressions of him this season it's been a little bit remarkable for me how much Fox has been like my expectations you and I saw him at the hoop summit before his year at Kentucky and Fox's key attributes were his intensity especially defensively he would just get into guys and then offensively you know he could get to a space but then you always wondered whether he was going to be able to finish and then his jump shot looked shaky and so those elements are broadly in place we'll talk a little bit about his defense later but what it, again it's it's kind of damning with faint praise it is interesting that his true shooting percentage 481 is actually better than Lonzo Ball Dennis Smith and Frank Nokina the other point guards taken around him but none of those are great and Fox has some of the bigger structural concerns just due to his history and to say okay well well what what is he if that never comes around yeah, referring to the jump shot, so difficult for him, really. I think the fact that he's managed to be the most efficient of all those guys actually speaks well for him because this team just has zero spacing. They play with two traditional bigs nearly all the time. Every once in a while, you might see like a Vince Carter at the four. You might see Zach Randolph jack up a couple of threes, but that's not his raison d'etre on this team. And so for Fox, other than in transition, there just is not the space to get to the room. He's also played a lot of the year like with George Hill another point guard so i think clearly in sacramento he's been under the radar dennis smith has been on tv more he's got some more spectacular highlights although fox is no slouch in that category lonzo ball has been on a better team in the lakers again a bigger spotlight but ball also in terms of the on-off metrics has been good where fox uh, has not been he's one of the worst for example in defensive rpm as well but hard to separate that out from this king's team 
I think transition has been the most exciting part of his game and he's better than some of the other rookie point guards in that category less exciting however has been his work in the pick and roll as a score 0.69 points per possession and when you look at what he's doing there a lot of it is taking the jump shot off the dribble I'm glad that at least he looks comfortable shooting that from long two and on the season on twos outside of 15 feet Fox is at 35 percent which you know is not great but at least he's not just like completely eschewing those shots you know i i think that he maybe a a comparison for him although i think he's going to be better than this guy ultimately is alfred payton i think fox is well ahead of alfred payton as a shooter the jump shot like there's nothing like structurally wrong with his jump shot really and so i think i don't know that he's going to get to be like a great shooter uh, but i think he can get to be passable and it's a shot that he can generate because teams are so scared of his quickness he can generate that shot whenever he wants to. Fox has also had an unusual role offensively just because the Kings are low on talent but have other players that are comfortable with the ball in their hands. So his assist ratio is 23.4, which is on the low side for point guards. But Bojan Bogdan, Bogdan Bogdanovich, sorry, we'll talk about him soon. And George Hill, when George Hill was on the team, those guys often started together, makes his role overall, when you look at the whole season, a little bit different. And eventually, I think Fox can move into a role where he has it more especially because his off-ball value other than you know on cuts and things like that is lower because his jump shot is, is limited and I mentioned the defense before you said the RPM element of it when I watch Fox I like his his effort and he's so quick that he can generally stay with guys he does need more craft getting kind of getting around like the bigger screens in the NBA just because the the physical yeah. talent is so much higher than it was at Kentucky just overall but I, I feel comfortable that it will happen with time as long as he works at it and i expect that he will another thing that's really encouraging about him is 65 percent at the rim that's really good especially again when you consider the fact that there is not that much spacing for this king's team and a fair amount of that is in transition of course where he's been fantastic pushing the pace. and the biggest thing that stands out about him is his acceleration in a straight line one of the things that gets tracked on synergy is is how often he rejects the pick in the pick and roll he's been very effective there because a lot of times if you can time it right when you reject the pick you can get right to the basket before the help gets there so he's been very effective doing that and then obviously the acceleration in transition so i'm not sure that i see all-star well with his physical gifts i think there is all-star potential i don't see any kind of an all-star likelihood but and maybe that's what the kings were hoping for when drafting him i don't think that like his passing is particularly noteworthy you know i think he's going to end up being kind of average i'd say that he's certainly a worse passer than ball worse than dennis smith as well whose passing is actually underrated because he takes so many bad shots but when he decides to pass it actually looks good and, and probably not even at, at the level as we see in limited minutes uh, of markel faults but to me you know he's got solid starter I, I think he's on that path maybe he gets to be an all-star i just don't think that he quite has just the level of offensive feel and skill level also you know a very very left-handed player still um so i i think because of all that i i don't foresee that he's He's going to be the type of star that the Kings just basically haven't had other than DeMarcus Cousins uh, since the Chris Webber and Peja Stojakovic years. Uh, but I think he could be a solid player for them for a long time. That's more what my projection.
projection for him is at this point. One of the biggest challenges for Fox is that I think he will be so much better offensively with better talent around him, and that's just going to take Sacramento a while. They have a lot of money on their books for the next year or two, and then they don't have their own pick in 2019. So unless they get that star offensive player in this year's draft, it's probably going to be two or three years. And so it'll be harder to evaluate him because the surrounding talent, I think Dallas will turn it around faster. The Lakers are already on their way, of course. So that's not fair to hold it. One more thing on him. Sorry, sorry, if you're going to transition. I mean, I think you mentioned this briefly, but I think one of the big things for him is going to be getting the craft to get to the foul line. And like someone like Mike Conley, for example, another guy who I think is somewhat physically comparable to Fox, maybe a little bit uh, shorter than him. But Conley was very quick, especially in his younger years, developed the jump shot really well. Projecting Fox to get to be the shooter that Conley has been uh, is probably unrealistic. But for Conley, some of the dark arts, getting guys on his back, feeling pressure. He's a skinny guy. So if he gets bumped, he can throw something up and get a foul call. Like that's what he really is going to need to improve that free throw rate. Only 24%, not incredibly high, but especially once he can really turn the corner, put pressure on the defense and then stop on a dime, get guys to really out of control, trying to follow him. Uh, I think that maybe is how, if he's going to get to be like an all-star level of player, a high end type of player at the point guard position, I think he's got to really get that free throw rate up to like one of the highest in the league at his position. So I would say the next place to go is the player that I think has been the best guy on the Kings overall this year, Bogdan Bogdanovich. The reason why is just the capability that he has shown being an offensive player. I have been impressed. We've talked about him before on the 15 and 60 with how capable Bogdanovich is with the ball in his hands. His assist rate is good. He he can generate reliable shots for himself. Some of it is just juxtaposition because the Kings have so many other flaws and capability is exciting at certain moments but I really like at age 25 kind of where he can go to be as big a part of this team's offense as they need at a given point so then if they get better players like I talked about with De- with De'Aaron Fox then Bogdanovich can scale down and become a little bit more of a big fish in a small pond like on the second unit or whatever yeah it is surprising that the usage because as you've mentioned he's been their most effective player offensively is as low as it is under 20 percent but they still do have a lot of guys who are kind of trying to establish their career who want to take shots on this team so maybe that's not shocking i'm also not sure if he is going to be able to ramp up to be your every don pick and roll type of guy in the same vein as you mentioned there so also worth noting that he's 25 you know, although it's only a year older than buddy healed and willie collie stein so it's not like uh those guys are spring chickens as it comes to some of these rookies that we're talking about um his ball skills have impressed me uh his shooting i thought we sometimes you'll see guys struggle making the transition from europe to the nba that has not been the case for him uh with that 39 percent from three and defensively you know aaron jackson actually who had played against him in the euro league when we had him on over the summer said he thought that he would be better defensively than expected that has been the case for me now he's had to play out of position a ton sometimes even having to guard threes you know the kings just don't have any kind of an experienced three on the roster other than vince carter who was not going to play a ton of minutes so i think you have to be very pleased with him i think that you know would you feel comfortable with him as a starting shooting guard on a good team going forward here you would need a lot around him i think of him more as like a a sixth a sixth man but if he was your fourth or fifth starter yeah maybe that could work 
yeah and we'll see i mean i think the biggest thing to me other than just continuing to refine it, his defense you don't see him getting that much better as a guy with the ball in his hands but can he be a guy as a shooter who's really gonna have the gravity who's gonna come off of screens and score right coming off of screens this year 75 points on 92 possessions so that's not very good 0.82 points per possession like can he be a clay thompson jj reddick type of shooter where hey we're gonna run stuff for you to get a three off the ball you know that's really to me if he can get to be that level of shooter then all of a sudden you've got a guy who is a really quality starter otherwise you know i think he's i think a good comparison for him right now would be like evan fournier uh but he doesn't quite have the size of fournier maybe a little bit tougher defensively than him though but those are kind of similar players guys who yeah you know not an amazing shooter but pretty good not an unbelievable pick and roll ball handler but can do it if needed that type of player who can kind of fill in but you're not sure whether like all right he's going to be a primary option necessarily but i think uh and maybe that is why he could fit better eventually as a bench player on a good team but if he gets to be that just ridiculous shooter then i think he is a very quality starter and eventually just briefly the kings will benefit from the structure because bogdanovich not on the rookie scale signed a three-year contract and that means that he was about eight million a year he will be a restricted free agent after his age 27 season so if they want it the kings will have match rights for basically bogdanovich's entire prime and that's one of the downsides of the current free agency rules that an older guy who comes over just basically never hits the open market yeah he will have some leverage though because that qualifying offer will be 125 percent of the eight million that he's making so that'll be basically 10 million and so that'll be something where he could actually in theory take that qualifying offer and then become an unrestricted free agent the next season and it wouldn't just be like a terrible cost him but we'll have to see of course what the market looks like in the summer of 2020 a little too early to anticipate that but it could be pretty good because uh, a lot of terrible contracts will be coming off the books then let's turn to his fellow shooting guard who has not really started much of the year buddy healed the shooting has been outstanding for him 42 percent from downtown he's had some big games another guy who you really wonder maybe let's ask it this way you know he's shooting the ball well enough i think that he could be a starter offensively you know he's limited not going to really get to the rim in the half court not a ton of versatility to his jump shot although he is taking 7.5 threes per 36 minutes that's not as good as you might want to see for a guy like him but uh considering he kind of shoots a set shot i don't see that getting to, to really increase that much more um and he's also you know this isn't a team king's team with a ton of other threats where they're gonna leave him and he's gonna get open you know he's got to create these shots uh, a lot of times uh, and shoot him with pressure so the fact that he's shooting this well and that's encouraging you know at least the ball is going in for him from three but what else does he need to do to get to be a, a quality starter in his own right i think it starts on the defensive end that just needs to reach the basic threshold of not being consistently exploited and there are games when healed looks better where he fights through things but he had he's on the kind of on the lower end there and i would also like to see healed handle the ball be capable of handling the ball a bit more he doesn't have to do it but you know if teams are closing out on him if they're living out of there on the perimeter with him then being able to create a good shot not only for himself but also for other people because somebody with his skill set is always going to be a complimentary offensive piece that isn't necessarily a downside though it does decrease the versatility to a point and so just building a complete enough game you brought up clay thompson before and not that he will ever be that type of guy but for to you you there are kind of different levels within that and so if he were better defensively then you get closer to that line and a little bit more capable with the ball in his hands then that would help as well interestingly healed i mean wow 42 
32% and takes almost 50% of his shots from three. That's almost not enough to me. And again, maybe that's part of this Kings offense. He doesn't have anyone to set him off. He's get set him up. He's getting run off the line. It has to take some long twos, which he's hitting at a decent percentage, but that's still only 44%, uh, which is not that efficient of a shot. So that's why his true shooting percentage is only at the league average. And 24% usage for him is probably too high, frankly. Uh, that is actually second highest on the team uh, behind Zach Randolph. And if he can shoot this well from three, maybe he needs to dial it down a little bit and, and get that true shooting percentage over 600. Now, the question is, if he does that, what else can he do? You know, is he going to be good enough defensively to stay on the floor? Not sure about that, but I think he he actually has been a little bit overstretched. You, know, you want to hope that he could turn into something more of like a Kyle Korver type of guy. Take like 70% of his shots from three, because I just don't think he has the juice to attack that much off the dribble, to shoot a lot of long twos get great looks on those set up others he never ever ever gets to the foul line that's a big reason as well why his efficiency is lower than that 42 percent on three would indicate so if he could become more of a support player and then the question is well is he a shooting specialist off the bench maybe he closes the game sometimes when the other team doesn't have like a really difficult guy to guard it at his position or can he get to passable enough defensively to where you can keep him on the floor all the time because his shooting is always going to be valuable I think you know he's always going to have a, a career now should he have been drafted over Jamal Murray eh, not really looking like it since Murray's already better than him but nonetheless I, I think he because the ball has gone in for him I think we can feel very comfortable about him being a 40 percent type of three-point shooter going forward agreed one positive on Heald's defense is that his steal rate has really improved this year 1.9 percent which puts him in the 76 percentile of players of his positional group and when I wa- I don't see him gamble too much when I watch the Kings so that's not it's not one of those like Monte Ellis who had a high steal rate and people would say he was a good defender but it was just because he was sabotaging the D on the other place I don't see that with Heald but just his possession by possession dominance or capability or whatever isn't at the level of some of the better defensive twos he's better trying to get around screens than he is just one-on-one and you know at the two guard position you don't necessarily have to guard in an iso all the time better getting around screens off the ball than necessarily on ball i think and not really big or strong enough to be a switch guy either which of course is a limitation okay we'll finish up with the rest of the kings but first this from hims hims is a men's health site that takes waiting at the doctor's office out of the equation they still use real doctors and prescription medication that can help you combat a number of men's health issues that i've actually been using them i've used propecia now it's generic equivalent because when i was about 25 i was like man i'm losing my hair already i'm, I'm 25 and i i had read that the best way to do that to keep it is to start addressing the problem before you actually lose all your hair and so uh my troops have been fighting the good fight uh, aided by some prescription medication we've been holding the line pretty well uh, these last 12 or 13 years or so so i, I definitely think that if you're someone who's prematurely using your hair i mean and i've is kind of an awkward subject but i've recommended this to my friends before and i figured that certainly if you're a guy i should get over my ego and recommend this to you as well because i think it actually can really help uh, unfortunately the reality is that keeping your hair is important to a lot of people in our society so the way to get started by them is you can go to forhims.com answer a few quick questions then a doctor will review and prescribe you and everything will be sent discreetly directly to your door right now our listeners get a trial month for just five dollars today right now while supplies last you can see their website for full details but it would cost you a lot of time and a lot of money 
if you went to the doctor and then to the pharmacy it's never even in the same place uh, go to forhims.com slash cap space that is the url to get started with them forhims.com slash cap space easy to remember cap space we talk about it all the time in the program forhims.com slash cap space so should we turn now to the apple of your eye, Danny? Yeah, we can go to Scal. Scal this is his age 21 season, now a couple of years out at Kentucky. He's played about 1,200 minutes this year, which is more than I thought just because there are these weird stretches where he hadn't played as much. But what's so concerning to me, and it's not anybody's fault other than the team construction, like I don't think Dave Yeager screwed this up, is that Lebissier has only played 9% of his minutes at center. And I've always thought that is the most intriguing use of, of his skill set, especially the floor spacing that, that Scal can provide. There are really big questions about whether he can stand up there defensively, especially as a starter, but you kind of want to have the balance closer so that evaluating talent for future drafts and everything else that you know what you have in these guys, and this is something we'll talk about with Willie Cauley-Stein as well. A big reason that, that Scal has had a less efficient season this year than last year is that he shot 52% from mid-range last season, and that's down to 35. He is not a 52% mid-range shooter. Not a big surprise there. And so I, I think that it's kind of between those two points is, is probably fair in terms of, of mid-range and then how that affects it. But still a true shooting percentage, about 52%, 21% usage. I'm okay with both of those parts. And there's some other, you know, semi-encouraging, but not super encouraging things. A few trouble signs for him. You know, yeah, he wasn't going to shoot 52% from mid-range like he did last year, but he could at least have shot, you know, over 40%, which is about the league average. Post-ups have been really ugly for him 0.69 points per possession which is awful 12th percentile and a big reason why he's been inefficient is every post up is a contested shot you you mentioned that he's still pretty skinny well a lot of times the really juicy stuff in post ups unless maybe you're lamarcus aldridge and even in in his case is you're bigger than the guy guarding you you can overpower him you drop step you get to the rim you get fouled if you're posting up and you're shooting a contested turnaround or a contested hook shot, and a lot of his hook shots are really far out on the floor too, you know, they're not, it's such a difference between, you know, a seven foot hook shot and an 11 foot hook shot. And, and too many of his hook shots are of that variety. You know, he's not really able to create separation, cover ground laterally. I mean, his strategy is just maybe take a dribble and just try to jump over the guy, which can work, but his touch hasn't been quite that good. You know, the face up game hasn't really been there to put the ball on the floor that that's one issue then another thing that he could be awesome at you know maybe he could become like the way miles turner has in pick and pop right well only 41st percentile in pick and pop right now and he's got some shooting ability you know i'm not going to say that this isn't going to improve he shot much better last year but not really a great percentage usually pick and pops are going to be open jumpers so and then rolling to the basket he's been pretty inefficient as well you would hope that he would shoot a little bit better around the rim than he has danny yeah that's been a, a big concern moving forward because again you know the idea of getting it you know getting a shot over some somebody being there whether it's a contest or whatever and he's only taken 25 percent of his shots at the rim this year and his free throw rate isn't great either so doesn't have those physical tools can't really take advantage and something i was thinking about with thinner guys on post-ups is also that you're generally making a sacrifice in terms of either the time it takes because it takes them longer to get into position or just even or positioning as you said the seven versus the seven footer versus the 11 footer 
off-footer. Whereas with Julius Randle, if he gets on a guy, pass him the ball, boom, boom, something's happening. A foul, a shot, and and that allows recovery. It allows a lot of the other things. And so with Scal, I, I think that it's going to be maybe in the line of, of as you said, Miles Turner, or maybe even Thon Maker, where they function in kind of other areas offensively and you let that part go for them. And I mean, generally speaking, post-ups aren't, especially odd and like-sized players, aren't efficient offense anyway. But that requires a little bit of creativity. Also, Scal hasn't been the rim protector I hoped for. That was always a part of the, the deal with me. 4% block rate about is is fine. It's certainly not bad. And then rebounding about 18% of, of misses, opponent misses. And then it, it's a small sample and he plays largely power forward, but t- opponents are shooting 64% on shots he contests at the rim. That on about, about three and a half per game. That's not horrendous, but it's certainly not a plus. And with a lot of these guys who have limited samples, you kind of hope that at least one piece of that is there. And so you can say, oh, well, you know, look at that. But all of it is kind of negative, And that's, of course, concerning. Yeah, my hope for him was always pick and pop center not a guy who's going to get into the post that much uh, just due to his lack of strength not just not amazing feel um but that he could pick and pop maybe roll to the basket get some dunks and then defensively quick feet switch a little bit block shots at the rim and that's your center to space the floor and so that's why him not playing center has been disappointing but uh, there are very legitimate concerns about whether he can hold up there whether the other can can hold up as a center defensively and maybe he's can be more of a backup like speed type of center the defensive rebounding you mentioned is a problem he's just gonna have to have the right pieces around him uh but you know i mean he's been starting with like zach randolph a, a lot of the year he started 31 games although he's getting the keith bogans a lot in those games only averaging 19 minutes per game on the season uh what do you think his ultimate destiny is at, at this point a buy low for the sacramento kings in two summers or sorry for the dallas mavericks god damn, i had i had the good line and then didn't do it but like <laughs> yeah, no that would have been I a know. good joke too you ruined it but it's too bad but yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I could see Carlisle or, or coaches that really know how to use that limited but specific strength center. There could be a place for him. And that isn't to say he's a lock for being good at that. It's just, I think, the best chance at it. And Sacramento, due to their personnel, and we can even uh, transition this into Willie Cauley-Stein eventually, they just have so many other players who, who A, are worth trying, and B, could be better than Scal anyway, that I understand why that experiment hasn't happened much. But that does... it. it it, it, it's kind of like in a way like the Sam Decker thing where it's it, it's concerning that he hasn't earned the opportunity but it's also concerning that it that it hasn't gone well even when it has happened yeah although the Clippers are actually trying to win they had guys who were clearly performing better than Decker you know I'm not sure that that's the case for the Kings especially considering and this is why another reason by the way that Zach Randolph signing was just so sorry like he's been terrible this year and pretty much I mean he had one hot month where he's just shooting the crap out of the ball on on jumpers but other than that you know he's been one of the worst defensive players in the league uh, i don't know how much leadership he's shown exactly uh, for them and of course they still have to pay him 14 million dollars next year as well that's resources that could have been i mean think of between vince carter and randolph you know think of what they could have done to just take on some bad money with that basically 20 million in space carter at least expires at the end of this year but they've still got now zach randolph and amon shumpert on as the, the residue of the george hill signing they still got those guys essentially over $20 million in space that's not doing you any good next year as well. So again, people are like, oh man, Scott Perry, wow, he's really transformed the Kings. Good job by Scott Perry to get the hell out of there and get the Knicks job before it became
became clear like how badly he'd screwed up although you and i always knew that at least or didn't know it but uh we, we were suspected it at the time a player scott perry did not pick but has had a, a better year is willie collie stein collie stein is just a fascinating player for me because he's had nine 20 point 20 plus point games this year and when you every time i watch him play like i've watched probably three of those 20 point games and i was dumbfounded every time because he's limited but intriguing because when it works it does work offensively just getting to the basket for dunks typically or a finish he does have some interesting kind of hook shot low range things like javel mcgee i think he's more confident in those than he should be but some nights they fall and that can lead collie stein to some good nights but still this is oh man how how dare you compare him his offense skill to javel mcgee javel mcgee is actually like has some really good finishing acumen like he's he's got some moves like willie collie stein just like throws the ball up off the backboard all the time what i'm talking about is the the, what i'm talking about is the confidence level like that javel every once in a while like javel will take like a 12 foot running hook and he thinks it's going in and that is something i've seen from collie stein basically since he was a rookie and so some nights those fall some nights those don't and he has more flexibility with them but collie stein career highs in per 17.1 which is which is strong for what we think he is usage over 20 percent defensive rebounding steal rates the highest it's ever been in his career but like all the rest of these king's big men evaluation is just an absolutely gigantic problem you know he's another one of these guys i think like healed collie stein given his skill set it's preposterous that he has 22 percent usage i mean that's like now at least he doesn't actually turn it over that much which is impressive but there's no reason for him to be shooting this often and there's no reason for him to have a below league average true shooting percentage like he should just be going up and dunking the ball around the rim like he should be trying to beat tyson chandler he's taking like some jumpers i mean he's had some comments that are pretty delusional about how he thinks he could be like just as skilled as any center in the nba and guess what like he's 24 it's not going to happen for him at this point and you know his post-ups actually it was a little bit better efficiency than i expected in terms of post-ups when we looked at it a little bit ago but nonetheless not someone who is going to be just like out skilling people in the post he's not big enough again like scal stronger than scal but to get like great position and really get to the foul line free throw rate is better than scal's at least but and this is a king's team that gets to the free throw line at a nearly historically bad rate his best games I mean, we saw him against the warriors that game when you know kd and stuff didn't play where he just dominated getting up for alley-oops hitting the offensive glass switching out on the perimeter i he is another one of these guys that you mentioned i mean i've been critical of him but what you started saying about the evaluation is all right this guy needs to be a center and he needs to be playing with shooting around him and then his gravity attacking the rim could be impressive you know i just you don't get the impression that his attitude is quite there to be the type of player like clint capella or tyson chandler you know he's always going to want to kind of do more i don't think he's very good in conventional pick and roll defense better of course as a switch guy that's what he famously did in college and he's playing next to carl anthony towns I still think there's some potential here if he can get into a real ecosystem and get molded into kind of being the right kind of player but uh, the delusions of grandeur have to be curbed a little bit for him to really concentrate on getting to be good at the things that he has the physical capability to be good at. Kali Stein is extension eligible this offseason because he will be entering his fourth and final rookie scale year and the big question for him is is Kali Stein good enough to justify choosing him over any of the other non top 20 centers so certainly if if you can get him at basically that kind of bargain basement price like let's say something like what Dwayne Dedman got or even less than that sure he could be worth that flyer what a team could say this physical potential what he is maybe we can 
teach out some of the bad the 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 over usage kind of things and maybe being on the kings sort of sort of the idea that got Ben McElmore the contract he did but beyond that sort of thing I think it's hard to pay almost any center that that has the track record that he does even though Cauley Stein has had a better year than I expected and has capability just because there are so many guys at about his level and the ceiling with Cauley Stein at this point I was super high on his potential as a defensive player the ceiling is still there but the light likelihood of getting there is just so much lower than it was when he was like kind of an open book in that way i, I would have gone tabula rasa there that's but, that's know, what i should have so. said but and i thought of it immediately I, afterwards <laughs> well i took latin in high school i did not uh, and i remember none of it right, that does it for oh no justin jackson we still got to do uh, jackson having not watched as much of the unwatchable kings in the last month or so i don't have quite as good a feel for him as i would like to uh because early in the year he really was not playing very well was totally inefficient that's come on to some degree jackson's shot selection has never been awesome but he has managed to be efficient uh, on two pointers his floater uh, he loves to come around screens and curl into the lane for a floater, but from pretty deep even. Sometimes, you know, we're talking about 14, 15 feet outside of your normal floater range. He's able to shoot a pretty good percentage on those shots. He doesn't get to the rim a ton, but he's able to convert when he gets there. Probably more an artifact of him just waiting until he's open to go there than really is finishing over great contests or anything like that. The concern always for him while he competes defensively is he just doesn't really have the body type to be strong enough. He's kind of got auto porter type of issues and he's probably even skinnier than porter is in terms of guarding the best small forwards in the post but he's probably their best defensive option even now at the three unless you want to count vince carter as that so uh vince carter will not actually be appearing on this young prospects breakdown Uh, anything stick out to you in his statistical resume danny he doesn't get to the free throw line just a a super low rate there and only 20 percent. that's more indication that that good shooting at the rim is more an artifact of only shooting there when he's open because otherwise he's just going to pull up for the floor right and he's made 77 of his shots in the restricted area but that is just one fifth of the overall shots jackson takes so that's a little bit concerning i think of him more as a kind of rotation flyer than a expected starter at this point still plenty of time to prove me wrong but i don't see the physical dominance from him and that's always a big concern even for players who aren't great you still need to have some of those that burst or strength or something like we've even talked about it with like stanley johnson is certainly an imperfect player but you go okay like there are moments where you go oh this this guy can do things that other teams are going to have to deal with and with jackson i don't see that kind of dominance as much and so that's a concern with me and i don't wed myself to where he was drafted especially not with the kings with some of their history so yeah i mean i'm not super enthused by him especially as an older rookie but i'm gonna give him a little bit better out the other guy we should mention briefly is frank mason age 23 season i've actually felt better about frank mason this year than justin jackson despite him being taken later mason to me just seems like a competent backup point guard eventually the shot's gonna have to fall a little bit better than so than it has so far especially shooting below 50 percent from at the basket is is concerning but i like the way that mason can create for other people he gets into opponents defensively despite not being super big and that was something he did at kansas as well so i've liked mason and if your goal with a second round pick is to get somebody who you can think of as a at least a potential rotation player i think that's a success yeah just too limited size 
size wise uh, to be a, a starting point guard i mean you really if you just look around the league if you're not six foot and usually even probably bigger than that in a lot of cases you got to really be like an isaiah thomas level of score to to be a starter you know and they're just those players just don't really exist in nba history so we're looking at him as a backup point guard another one of these guys i think who looks good out there and then you look down and ah, 49 percent true shooting you know it's not really that great uh and the the shooting at the rim remains a problem though he is aggressive getting there does get to the foul line some and i'm not i don't want to say that mason isn't going to become a, a solid backup point guard but he's really going to have to just shoot the ball more efficiently because he, he's well he competes defensively he's always going to be undersized there i don't think you're looking at like some fred van vliet type of guy i mean that's really the level of effort that you have to have as an undersized guy mason's not quite as strong or even i don't think even as as uh oh, they're probably about the same size in terms of like their wingspan and stuff um i haven't seen quite that level of competitiveness and strength defensively as you'll see from van vliet and van vliet obviously has shot the ball much better than mason so that's gonna be the key to his career i mean he's got to get up to like league average and true shooting and then i think you have a, a solid backup point guard totally fine pick in the second round those picks usually don't work out and he's going to get plenty of chances unless they draft a point guard this year to he'll likely be the starting backup point guard coming in the next year starting backup point guard that's really dumb first option at backup point guard default yeah oh yeah i guess i have bruno caboclo in this list uh this fulfills our responsibility to mention that he is uh he's on the team so let's talk phoenix suns 19 and 59 0 and 7 since the last time we checked in on them they have lost 15 straight they have absolutely sucked during that period in part due to the fact that a lot of their guys that have been out devin booker with this mysterious hand injury didn't see him out there warming up although i wasn't out there the entire pregame yesterday uh they're 30th in net rating 30th in offense 30th in defense and no sign of any of those rankings changing anytime soon they are projected to win only 20 games and they have a two to three game lead now in the tank race projections and they have a two game lead right now in straight up wins because memphis has picked up those games and phoenix almost beat the rockets that crazy game where josh jackson hit what looked like a game winner but there was still 1.5 seconds left and then gerald green hit a game winner that game could end up being massive for the lottery at this point the sun's by the way i would say this if there's 1.5 seconds left there are not many guys in the league i would rather have taking like a jump shot with 1.5 seconds left on an inbounds than gerald green because you can throw it to him and he could just jump right over the top of the guy uh who's guarding him and get a decent look which he actually makes it a, an okay percentage yeah it, it was a crazy play there maybe could have been a foul all that sort of thing but let's let's get into the players because that's the most interesting part of it and part of what's made them a little bit less interesting with Devin Booker out. That's where we have to start. Age 21 season. And Booker is progressing as an offensive player. We have gotten plenty of criticism for being critical of him. It is worth noting that he has been more complete as an offensive player this year, shooting a better percentage, highest assist rate of his career, actually making 38% of his threes. That was kind of an outdated thing that his shot looked so good. People thought it was going in more often when he was younger. And also Booker is getting to the line more than he did early in his career. 31.2 percent of the time relative to his field goal attempts yeah and any player who can be league average efficiency on that type of usage nearly 32 percent is going to be a valuable player uh and he started taking more of those long threes now i think that's been important he started taking more threes in general and started getting to the line more as well because he's not necessarily the type of player who has a game where you think he oh he gets to the line a ton obviously 
the defense he was the starting shooting guard on our worst team all, all defense what is the next step for him uh, as a player? I mean, I think if we, if we look at him this year, other than defensively, he's improved in every way that you would have hoped that he'd improve it at the still ripe age of 21. But what's next for him as an offensive player? I'd like to see Booker get more aggressive and comfortable as a driver. 61% of made shots at the rim is good, but 18% of his attempts coming there, I'd like to see that a little bit higher. He is getting to the line at a level that I'm okay with, but you know, you, you, you kind of want to strike that balance. He has gotten more comfortable with the ball in his hands this year as a pick and roll as scorer out of a pick and roll about 0.85 points per possession that's pretty good yeah I'm I'm happy with that for a player who is not your you know your alpha and your omega offensively but is kind of kind of can fit into a couple different roles but you know more capability as a passer there would certainly be useful and he's shown some signs of that so go in that direction getting a little bit more reliable with the jump shot 38% is good but just sticking there or even getting a little bit better so that teams already panic kind of when he gets the ball there but so they're you know kind of reaching that level where you don't even get them to panic because they're never leaving you in the first place yeah and there are certainly great limitations that he has to deal with on this Suns team which has essentially nobody else who can shoot the ball maybe dragon bender is the one guy that you can look at as a plus shooter for his position and playing with tj warren and josh jackson a lot of the year you know jared dudley never plays which is too bad because if they but they're not actually trying to win games so that's why he never plays uh his passing has improved as well i'd like to see what he's capable of doing there i think as an iso guy against bigger defenders you know that's going to be something can he create separation and get good shots and then i think another thing for him too is just getting better shots overall a lot of his shots still are contested again there's no one else to create shots for him but i'd like to see him try to score more than you know just i'm going to shoot over the top of these guys when it's contested and he started to show that you know he started to show the ability to operate in pick and roll so i think offensively there's nothing really to complain about here we'll see whether some of the shooting that he's had and he's right about league average 40 percent from mid-range can he improve that because he still takes a fair number of those shots 44 percent as mid-rangers can he improve that into 43 44 percent and maybe that could occur by improving his shot selection and then i still want to see more of the concentration on the three-pointer more shooting from deep but again he's made plenty of good steps there shooting threes off the dribble shooting deep threes off the dribble um and you know if he could actually play some health defense every once in a while i know he's kind of limited uh as an athlete defensively but you'd like to see him fulfill his health responsibilities a, a little bit better let's turn to josh jackson now his age 20 season watched him shoot around quite a bit before the game yesterday in his pre-game routine just about 20 minutes or so it seems clear to me that he's tried to fix his jump shot but also that that's a work in progress so remember that he really bring would bring the ball up with his arms straight way out in front of his body um and on catch and shoots he's gotten away from that now he's trying to shoot it with basically no dip still kind of has like a little hitch in it where he like swings it around swings his right elbow around to the right to get it underneath um doesn't have like a great follow-through you know coaches always say oh feel the steal you know it was uh one that my high school coach told me where you know once you follow through you hold your hand out there just to make sure the exaggeration of your follow-through he kind of pulls his hand back doesn't really hold that follow-through very well but it still does look better and it's baby steps it's not very consistent i tweeted out a video of him taking a couple of corner threes 
yesterday and we saw that in the game like the arc looks pretty decent you know the rotation isn't bad he hit a couple of threes and then he like just airballed a couple of threes as well that were way off so there's still a lot of inconsistency there the free throw shooting certainly an issue but he is trying to make some of the needed improvements and maybe he can get there it looks better it's nowhere close to perfect a lot of people are like oh this is still garbage blah blah blah. and like yeah well did you see how it looked before uh so and then off the dribble he still kind of reverts a little bit more to some of that same form and he still just takes like so many garbage off the dribble long twos i mean he probably took in that game against the the warriors like five shots in an iso against kevin durant who is like basically the number one guy you don't want to try and shoot over in an iso due to his length especially if you're josh jackson and you know none of those shots were particularly close jackson needs that shot because all of the other elements of his game to me are intriguing but not delivered yet and so sure 20 years old can still figure a lot of this out a little bit older than a lot of the than the one and dones for sure but but then some rookies and so part of jackson's appeal going back to when he was at prolific prep was that he has more capability with the ball in his hands than most guys his size my problem with that since the first time i saw him in person was i didn't think it was enough capability to really do much with it it's kind of like the idea of the guy who can who can make some plays but can't run an offense and it there are teams that can interpret that and that you know maybe they can turn some of those reads he can make some good passes in transition can grab and go which is a nice benefit with jackson but he is not at the level of let's say you know Giannis or even Brandon Ingram this year where he's creating all these mismatches and forcing help and anything like that and certainly absolutely that can come with time but if it doesn't then the jump shot is going to be how opponents are forced to deal with Jackson offensively in the half court yeah and he's not like this great finisher either you know and he's a little bit slight of build so he's not he'll there are a number of plays in that game against the Warriors where he would get an advantage kind of get to the block and then just be cut off and have to pick up his dribble and have nowhere to go with it uh you know he's not able to just get to that spot and rise up over people or use his shoulder to widen the advantage and get all the way to the rim on those type of plays would you say his rookie season has been disappointing about as expected or better than you expected i would say it's been a slight disappointment for me but i was lower on him than almost everybody so i would expect that unless unless you're somebody who wanted to see the good that there's been there because there certainly has been some that it has been disappointing yeah yeah i mean you and i were both lower on him than, than a lot of people i think the fact that he's trying to fix sure. the jumper is good um you know and, and that gives me more hope than if his form just still looked exactly the same the shot selection has been even worse than i thought it would be but again this sun's team has had very few players to create offense but even at full strength he is shooting way too much i mean they they wanted to start him i think there was an expectation that he would be able to start this year at full strength he has not earned that so he's been a little bit worse than i was expecting uh but pretty much right in line and i mean i think the only thing that's been worse is the shot selection and then defensively obviously they're a terrible defense he has not been able to have the impact really as a defender he'll try hard he's competitive but it's not hasn't really shown up that much in the results certainly not at the team level although there are many other reasons why that is the case as well for this sun's team so i mean what are you how are you feeling about his ultimate destiny here you talk about all-star potential we've talked about the other guys i don't don't see that 
kind of level with Jackson. And remember, he was taken. But, yeah. Like, how could that happen? How if 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 by some chance you were to make an All Star team, like what would have to happen for him to get? There? I guess you would have the ball in his hands a fair amount offensively and have ironed out a lot of these weaknesses, and then defensively makes the jump into maybe. I I don't th- think he has the physical capability to be like first team All Defense, but maybe he could be second team, like be in that conversation because he you know Jackson isn't physically dominant enough you know like the threshold of can you defend the best guys in the game I don't think Jackson can do that that's why he but he could be a good team slash system defender like I think about if he had the coaching and the system and the surrounding talent like let's say because Jason Tatum they were drafted those guys drafted right around each other I think he would be looking better defensively but god I don't I don't know what that player would be but it's it's so much better than the guy that we saw this year yeah, I mean, maybe, because he is a good passer, so maybe the jump shot gets good enough that he can really become a passable pick and roll player. He gets to be a lot better at finishing, which was uh, I always felt was kind of a weakness for him. What's he shooting at the rim at this year? It's probably pretty decent when he actually gets all the way there, but he doesn't really get much extension. I, I don't think he has the biggest hands. It's not a ton of creativity right at the rim, so a lot of it is kind of these floating hook shots from along the lane line, which you know you got to really be like a Kyle Kuzma to. Be be efficient on those type of plays there's just so many things that need to be improved for him to live up to and, and this is why you know i know he's like this athletic wing guy but this is why we didn't like him at number four right it was like at number four you want to pick a guy who has a chance of, of being a superstar unless it's like the 2013 draft or something and i just didn't see that from jackson because there's just so many things that would have to be massively massively improved and i don't think that he's taken particularly great strides outside of what would have been expected in his rookie year at improving all of those those weaknesses to answer your question from before jackson is shooting 57 percent at the rim 47 yeah 40 yeah, percent at floater for, range for a guy who's like supposed to be this awesome yeah he's supposed to be this awesome athlete like that's, and that's about, not a little less than one dunk per game let's move to another guy alfred payton acquired for the low low sum was it one or two second round picks? I can't remember at the trade deadline. I think it was one, right? I think it was two, but one of them wasn't wasn't super strong. I think that's what it. No, it, uh, oh no, it's not. It's one, but it has this variability. So it's the it's probably going to be Charlotte's second round pick this year, which is actually not too bad. It's probably above the forty five threshold, which we've used before to saying like what's a worthwhile second round pick. Yeah, Peyton just has such a resume now of ineffectiveness at the team level in the on off stats amazingly despite having like no one established at backup point guard behind him they've still been awful with him on the floor i think they've been worse with him on the floor than with him off he didn't play yesterday due to uh knee soreness the individual statistics have creeped upwards you know he's getting probably right around the league average in true shooting now for point guards 22 percent usage good transition guy who can push it get to the rim but and he's shooting you know 33 for three oh that sounds good yeah but it's only 1.8 attempts for 36 minutes and really you got to get up to shooting you know that would be interesting to kind of look at what the average per 36 minutes or, or per 100 possessions whatever your flavor is is for each position on, on three-point shots but clearly just watching him passes up so many so many three-pointers both as a spot-up guy as a an off the drool player so the shooting is not even close to there yet uh but nice to see that he's 
actually improved his finishing at the rim that's something that's uh at least been encouraging part of the frequency is because he doesn't shoot threes but 40 percent of Peyton shots have been at the rim this season and he's made 67 percent I'd be happy with those it doesn't we just talked about that's 10 percent better than Josh Jackson so good on Alfred Payton to get better there also he there's slight career highs but career highs this season overall in true shooting and usage true shooting is about 54 percent usage is about 22 percent and he's I think of him more as a capable passer than an intuitive one like you don't really see him pass guys open or or see something completely oh wow like I didn't see that angle or something and I mean if you want to go to the most extreme of that it'd be somebody like LeBron or Chris Paul but that's one of the basic lines for young point guards that I, I look at is what are they seeing and and are they making can they they can make the obvious pass of course for sure but can he make the less obvious pass and I've never been sold on that with Peyton and something we talked about in worst team all defense with him I believe he didn't make either of our first or second teams was just that Peyton has this appeal especially when you look at his frame and you know oh like these it seems like a lot of these guys have bigger hair for whatever reason but like these thin wiry athletic point guards that, that work hard and you go oh man those guys are all good defensively well Peyton hasn't really you haven't seen the proof in the pudding for him either in Orlando or in Phoenix and so at this point it's not like you have to write him off as being a bad defender forever but the benefit of the doubt to me is gone yeah I agree I mean it has been two of the worst defensive ecosystems we've seen in the last five years that, that he's played for he does still have the physical capability but and especially at 23 now what he is is merging ever more closely with what he will be um We'll talk about Dragon Bender momentarily, but first, if you'd love to see these Phoenix Suns, or you know, maybe some actual good basketball might be a better idea. I highly recommend SeatGeek, or maybe if you're one of uh, the dunked on nerds who is just going to watch the playoffs every single night, maybe you know, one Friday when there aren't that many good games, you can take your significant other to some other show like comedy, a concert, something like that. SeatGeek is fantastic. Whether you're searching for a last minute deal, if you need to find a great gift, they help you find the best seats at the best prices fully guaranteed two reasons why SeatGeek helps you out saves you time saves you money saves you time number one because their deal score technology ranks every ticket based on value so you look in the general area you want to sit you see that big dark green dot and just click on that ticket and you can have confidence that you're getting the best deal in that section you used to have to compare all these different seats now you don't have to do that anymore SeatGeek does that for you and then they aggregate ticket selling sites together so you don't have to go to a bunch of different places either so used to be 20 minutes 30 minutes try to find the best tickets if you're very very value oriented like me sometimes I would take even longer really go down the rabbit hole but now with SeatGeek you can get that done in 90 seconds the way to get started with them is of course with that familiar cap space code you download the SeatGeek app you enter promo code cap space and that'll get you $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Once again, use that SeatGeek app, enter promo code CAPSPACE today. Let them know with that CAPSPACE code that you came from us. So Dragon Bender, here's what he is right now. And I know what we all hope that he could be. What he is right now, basically, is a three-point shooter, occasional passer offensively, and then defensively, a guy who can switch against some lesser lights defensively, but can't hold up against the best guys. That's pretty much like the sum total of his strengths at this point, though, unless I, unless you think I missed anything. No, I don't. And the I was somebody who was higher on Bender, mistakenly, in the draft, and my 
theory with him was that he could play at that he would be intriguing offensively at the five that he could be capable there and switch enough and I thought his rim protection was going to be not great but better than it has been that's a big concern moving forward and so with Bender offensively you know I I think that the elements are kind of in play that if you had the right surrounding talent the some of the shooting on this team has been a big problem other than of course Devin Booker but it's not like he's unambiguously enough of a potential plus there to outweigh the concerns defensively so at this point to me the most likely outcome is that he's a backup if it works to an, a reasonable level and then you know maybe if he blows through expectations offensively he could get to a better level than that but most likely he's a rotation player or even below that even as he ages but he is still super young so you, you say that that like it's possible that he gets beyond that but I absolutely would not expect it right now at his age 20 season. He's just really limited athletically and especially on offense where and just even seeing him before the game you know they're doing drills where they would shoot a, he and Marquise Chris would shoot a bunch of threes and then go to the room and Bender I mean he's he can't cover any ground and we saw this one time when he tried to close out Zaza Pachulia closed out him at the three-point line if there's anybody in the league you should be able to blow by when he's closing out on you at the three-point line it's Zaza Pachulia and like Bender couldn't even do that like he just doesn't cover ground fast enough off the dribble and then he has zero strength as well to add that aspect to it the pick and pop has looked okay uh he shoots a pretty flat shot but he, he's ahead of where i thought he would be as a shooter right now both in terms of the versatility of the jump shot i'm not sure how much better it's going to get because like a lot of tall guys he really shoots that flat shot not to say that that can improve but i, I think he's he's a guy who teams respect at the three-point line he just can't do anything driving past you if he gets closed down and that was the hope that he could do more with the ball in his hands be a passer but just it can't finish at all and then if you switch him he's just totally hopeless as a post-up guy due to his lack of strength and explosion and wait 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 can i can i can i give the actual post-up number it's a very small number of possessions but it's so jaw-dropping that i feel like we need to mention it do you oh i was getting to that but i will gladly cede it to you preface this with it only being 32 possessions that's very very little 12 points 0.375 points per possession on those 32 post-ups well and the 32 post-ups for a seven footer who's probably going to get switched a lot is nearly as damning as the terrible points per possession i mean there's it's clear that he just sucks at it right now and i just don't see him getting much better due to the lack of strength he's not really able to rise over guys with any kind of leaping ability and he's not a great leaper off of one foot and then off of two feet he's really bad that now is part of why i think he's been able to have less effect defending the room that and the fact that he also just is not not really great at rotating either uh in as a conventional defender i mean he can slide his feet laterally like decently but it's not like elite you know i mean the, the hope was he was going to be this like poor man's andre kirilenko and just uh, he is nowhere near that kind of length that kind of explosion so this idea that he was going to be a plus defender uh that appears to be waning by the day speaking of waning by the day do you want to get to marquis chris yeah i'll start with just like a, a a little bit again from watching him work out and you know this is just one workout i don't want to i'm adding this as just value that you know isn't available just from watching the games but he was he and bender did all the exact same routines pick and pop jumpers standstill jumpers and then you know they're asked to uh, attack the room and so chris you know, he didn't appear to be going like particularly hard that's fine he was about to play a lot of games or, or, or play a lot in the game 
but then like he would go to the room and he would just like throw this shot up like you know that wasn't even like a real attempt just like 20 feet in the air and like you know see if it would go in. i mean like steph curry will practice those this was not like a legitimate attempt to actually practice these he would never take that shot he's just like kind of fucking around you know and i mean that's only a couple of times but you don't really see guys do stuff like that in these workouts professionals come in the every moment that they have out on the court is a precious attempt to get better and the attitude of like really taking advantage of that time didn't appear to be there for him uh his body language certainly remains an issue on the court uh his composure remains an issue there was that incident in utah where he ended up getting fined a a little bit ago he's another guy who you know the hope for him was coming out of school that he was going to be this athlete who you just couldn't deal with and that you know maybe his his face up iso game that he could post up deep on guys when he had a a smaller defender on him and then take larger guys outside you know the three-pointer has been okay this year but we have not seen him get into the post at all we haven't seen that face-up iso game at all you know not that they necessarily want to give it to him but he's not going to make great decisions on those plays he will like see some interesting passes every once in a while from the high post try to throw alley-oops or get guys going back door and they'll work every once in a while but generally it ends up being kind of an ugly play and, and then defensively you know another guy who just every once in a while come over and block a shot but generally just does not rotate uh and they're the way they had him playing pick and roll defense you know he's supposed to be he switched a lot at washington he's supposed to be pretty mobile he's basically playing as a center he's laying back in the lane and, and i'm presuming that's what he's been told to do he's laying back in the lane like he's you know boban or something uh, just not getting out on the floor and like this against like kevin durant or queen cook who was shooting the ball really well or clay thompson like he's i guess they feel like hey if he tries to get out on the floor he just screws up the coverage or he can't do it and so we just have him lay back in the lane but you know that's not what you would hope for from him certainly there is some untapped physical capability from chris but we haven't seen that translate nearly frequently enough to to really believe it and yeah he's bounced between the four and the five also when i watched the suns one of their big challenges defensively especially when Jared dudley's not on the floor is communication and so much of that falls on the big men and i can't say definitively because you know a i'm not on the court or tracking the team close enough but i've never seen anything like that they've really you you see that coming from from chris and it's a big responsibility in the modern nba now especially with coverages the way they are another big concern for me is that despite being athletic chris doesn't do a great job finishing at the rim 61 percent this year 61 percent last year and also that's just 36 percent of the shots chris takes and playing the four playing the five whatever that is unless you are a rock solid guy from three or maybe maybe long two like Marcus Aldridge you should be taking a whole hell of a lot more than 36 percent of your shots at the basket and then he hasn't been great obviously from from Florida range this year 31 percent on just 11 percent of his shots and I'm sorry I misspoke on his spot up shooting I think he had a nice stretch there for a time and then that's right he had a really He's good stretch and then he totally fell now. off like in January I think it was yeah 30 percent from three and 32 percent from mid-range as well 29 out of 92 for mid-range so that's uh that's that's not too good either um and the maybe a way to talk about him is let's say he gets good at the stuff that he was supposed or that he realistically could get good at right like maybe he can block a few more shots become more of a, a switch guy defensively improve his defensive awareness to i mean i don't think it's ever going to be good but to passable levels let's say he you know becomes a good role man 
again going down the lane to get up for some alley-oops finishing uh can pick and pop every once in a while for three you know i don't see him as a guy that you're going to give the ball to necessarily interesting this is a quick aside but jay Trion was asked about him after the game and said hey you know what like he's playing more minutes now because you know there was the impression that he played really well in this game with from a local reporter which i didn't necessarily agree with but uh and jay was like you know what he's got to just continue getting into awesome shape like that's where the difference is going to be he's playing more minutes now that's the only way to really do that um but let's say he gets good at those things that i'm talking about like what do you have then as a player and and this is really doing all those things i'm talking about that's got to be you know like 90th percentile outcome for him at this point right yeah i offensively a, a support player to be sure but maybe somebody that can stretch the floor a little bit take opposing centers i guess out of their place but then you know i don't see him as a as an anchor on that end somebody who if you have him on the floor he'll lead communication he can clean up other people's messes so you know i think his ideal is being an offensive center and a defensive four and that isn't possible yeah maybe he can start for you at the four but he's got to get into the high 30s on threes i think to get to that level at this point and you know, he just uh, i don't see him ever as a guy who you know is going to be able to like get around screens defensively and he's not going to be a good enough rim protector probably to play center so it's really a tough fit even if he gets good at the stuff that you could realistically seeing him see him get good at you know maybe he becomes a guy who's like you know a low-end starter high-end backup who can close the game in the right matchup but you know that's not it's not too great <laughs> at, uh, at this point when you're talking about that's where he gets if he really really improves all all this stuff uh so and and still i mean there's the anger management issues the awareness issues you know those are the type of things that make you think well you know what like maybe he's just never going to get it uh, from a mental standpoint i'm gonna open up the floor to you just because they have some other guys that are kind of on the the fringes of being young like tj warren and alex len do you feel like either one of them really qualifies for this conversation given that warren has already signed an extension and len this is his fifth nba season i think we can talk about them briefly len uh it was reported that he is likely to leave he even said he is likely to leave the suns in free agency yeah. i think that's probably right you know maybe he's somebody well, i'll mention something briefly with him. this has been uh, a more effective offensive season for len and the biggest reason why is that he's just not taking the shots from deep two that he sucked at important it yeah, is and he's that, getting that's the line good that's more, progress and he's, there you know 70 percent free throw shooter so if you can transfer your you know being a 30 35 percent mid-range shooter transfer that into getting shots at the rim getting free throws even if it theoretically lowered his usage which it has slightly but not very much that's a better player and also len has been a, a better defensive rebounder this year which is encouraging you know i i think of him as a you know like he could be a part of your rotation but i don't think if you signed him you'd say oh our backup center spot is set like we don't need a third guy but he could be one of the players that you try at that spot yeah, for Warren at 24, I mean, as a fifth-year guy, it's probably don't need to spend too much time on Len. But Warren continues to shoot his usual excellent percentage at the rim. He's taken 429 shots there, hit 67%. He has not had quite the acumen from floater range that he's had in the past, down to 40% there. And then three-point shooting i mean god was it like years ago that he shot 43 percent from three on you know 65 attempts so again watch out for those small sample sizes please because last year he was 28 percent, and this year he's 22 percent, only taking 89 three-pointers so i think at this point the wise projection would be that he never really improves a, as a three-point shooter and that just makes him such a difficult fit you know uh i think he can't be a good scorer i think he has the ability to get better defensively he's flashed some greater intensity moving his feet out on the perimeter 
these last couple of years again you know still when you're on the suns it's hard to say that anyone on that team is a good defender so let's not go crazy with that i do think he has some potential he's a guy who maybe can start for you at the three or as a small ball four if you have the right personnel around him but that becomes a, a difficult fit and i mean i think in particular his fit with devin booker is a pretty poor one especially because warren is not well he's a as i refer to him often a professional scorer uh, you know he's going to attack closeouts he's not necessarily going to run a pick and roll you can just go under on him anyway uh he's not going to set up others not really someone who's looking to pass the ball very often great transition player but seems like more of a guy who can add some scoring to your bench units and and just the total lack of growth in the jump shot this year has got to be a massive concern yeah the the positives warren is getting to the basket more where he's been a, a solid finisher as you said and he's getting to the line more and he shoots 76 percent from the line so can get value there but for a a, a non-center who cannot and largely will not because he's below 10 percent of his shots coming from three will not take threes you have to build a team around that and my concern with Warren is that he's not worth it at least as a starter as a backup player sure scoring is still paramount as teams are looking for offensive generation in the worst ways throughout him you can think about how the Hornets season has been partially sidetracked by not being able to score with their backups TJ Warren could help in, in situations like that but that is a very different player from what a lot of us hoped for Warren and he you know he's signed now for I think it's about 10 million a year for another four years I think it was four for 50, actually. So it's oh, I was thinking it was 442 uh, for them. But you, you're probably right. Yeah. I, I, I will give Warren also some credit for his offensive rebounding. It's actually 6% offensive rebounding. That's better than Marquise Chris, <laughs> for example. Uh, not a great defensive rebounder, though, though they have that hasn't really been a huge weakness for the Suns this season. But yeah, the assist percentage really low. Only 7.2% uh, of buckets uh, does he assist uh, when he's on the floor. Uh, his contract is 447, so you're closer to the pin. Ah, very well. Yeah, I probably it probably was one of those that was reported as 450 and then there was actually incentives so it's the real one was for 447 uh devon reed lost season essentially for him he's been out of the rotation he was asked uh jay tran was asked why he didn't play yesterday and he said you know we're just going with other guys at this point reed you remember had that knee surgery over the summer so it hasn't really quite been able to get right so he played 185 minutes on the year and uh 39 true shooting so understandable why uh he hasn't been playing haven't really seen enough of him to comment beyond that shaq harrison out of their northern arizona g league affiliate coached by a friend of the program and friend of sports business classroom cody topper down there has gotten to the line pretty well doesn't shoot it amazingly the the lefty is a very left-handed type of player you know he's one of these lefties who kind of turns his outside foot way over towards the right and like turns his body when he shoots it but eh, the jumper is okay he's already 24 so maybe not a ton of upside to explore there but you have to like his size for the position at 6-4 showed some good defensive intensity you know he's looked like he might be able to move into being a backup player always tough to tell on these tanking teams late but you know i thought i mean you saw me yesterday he didn't look like out of place out there i thought yeah i was i was encouraged by it in that way if you don't have to make a big investment worth giving a shot to we've seen players work out in that vein before so capability you know it's the opposite of summer league looking like you don't belong is a big problem and as long as you don't hit that threshold you're okay tyler Eulis, i mean he's so small and certain capabilities but doesn't really have much of a way to create offense as a scorer can certainly pass a little bit and while he was the 26 
2016 SEC Defensive Player of the Year. There is a meaningful jump between SEC point guards and NBA point guards, huh. and I think I, you, I think he does everything that you reasonably could do. Sure, at his size, like he has pretty good anticipation. He got a couple of nice steals yesterday, for example. But you know, there's just there's only so much you can do uh, at that size to be effective defensively in the NBA. Right, and and so my instinct with Ulysses would be have him as more of a depth point guard than as a locked in backup but as a as a practical matter not every team can have a backup they love so if you end up with Tyler Ewis there it's okay I mean for him to have a career he's got to just get better shooting the three ball only 28 percent I mean he's been one of the worst players worst high minute players in the NBA he started 40 games and played 1500 minutes this year I mean he's he's probably got to be the most anonymous player to play 1500 minutes this year and the numbers are just so ugly 46 percent true shooting 9.6 PR usage is below 20% which is very low for a point guard turns it over a ton as well and then finishing at the rim 44% which is actually an uptick from last year's 41% um shoots it semi okay on long twos but really i mean like if he can't shoot a lot of threes and make a lot of threes you know he's not going to be an adequate option as a backup point guard which is too bad because as a chicago point guard you know i'm predisposed to like it i'm looking through the uh through the guys that have played 15 1500 minutes to see if i can find anybody that's more anonymous because you can't give me a lead in like that and not have me look into it yeah this this would be a good way to end the show actually let's let's hear your list of the most anonymous players to play 1500 minutes this year i'm trying to figure out the right searching mechanism for this because i was using wind shares and like and now i'm going to bpm because you can't do a lot of these yeah i mean U- us is actually dead last in bpm among guys that have played this many minutes carmel anthony's in the bottom 10 Whee! i mean you could argue jerrell martin is in that conversation jerrell martin is oh god yes 1600 minutes for the memphis grizzlies who we will talk about at some point uh it'd be dylan brooks being at 2200 I-, I think that's kind of a different threshold because he started a bunch for memphis as well jerry and grant yes yeah, 1549 Jaren Grant has played. Wow, it's that's amazing that he's played that many minutes. Uh, but Grant, at least you know you, you know him because he was traded for Derrick Rose. He was a first round pick. I mean, and when I say anonymous, I also mean just like not only that he's not a guy that you've really heard of, but you just kind of didn't realize he was playing that many. minutes I didn't realize James Ennis was over fifteen hundred. I love James Ennis, but I didn't realize. Before. Yeah, well, I mean, he was he was you know started for them in the playoffs last year. That's a little, and I thought actually played pretty well. So basically, the whole Grizzlies team is who we're really referring much. to here. Gri- Grizzlies and Suns. I mean, those are really kind of the two most moribund franchises this year you would have to say and probably the two i mean i guess booker is pretty watchable but if not the two most oh, would you have troy daniels on that year? list because troy yeah. daniels is also 1600 minutes uh, and he's actually a perfect yeah, I mean, bridge here because he was traded from memphis to phoenix <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's, uh, let's end the show uh, on that uh, depressing note. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back and continue this series uh, all week, and uh, we'll probably catch up on some news. We got to do our regular all defense as opposed to worst team all defense. Probably try and get to that this week uh, as well, and uh, we'll do a gamer at some point. Catch up on, on the playoff race. You know, it's a, it's a fun time of year, so plenty of content coming for you as always. Talk to you all next time at Bet Three Six Five. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.